Hey, After Buzzers, before we move on to your next topic, we just want to say thanks to our sponsor, Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. Plus, there are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Also, Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. Plus, you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership, and it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to Anchor FM to get started. Hey, After Buzzers, welcome. We are going to be talking about the camping season finale, birthday party part two. So in this episode... Wow. Wow, we have a lot. We're going to talk about um, an almost threesome in an outhouse, uh, the wrath of Kath, which is one of my favorite things ever, um, and some really awesome moments with Harry. So stick around. You're tuned in to AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz begin. Mm-hmm. Never get enough. We are all on Janice's drugs. From her satchel. Are you a Weezer fan? I, you know, I was, and then I forgot they existed. I've been there. <laughs> yeah, they kind of. I feel like they were like '90s, 2000s, now. Yeah. But I like a good old yeah. Rivers Cuomo. You know what? Me too. I'm glad we got to got to bring it back in for the yes. finale. Finale of camping. Finale of camping. I'm very sad that this is our last show, Jeff. I know, Amy. It's been really fun. I gotta say, guys, I've been an Amy Maestri fan for a while because I love the SNL after show, which she hosts, and those hosts really know their comedy. And as a comedy Mm -hmm. nerd, it's nice to tune in and have an expert talk about game and sketch writing, so... It was very fun to host with you, and I hope it's not our last time. Well, thank for you, For this huge hit show. <laughs> Monster ratings. Monster ratings. Monster ratings. Tons of engagement with our after show. Yes. No, it's all good. I think this is the kind of show that I think people will discover, and if that's the case, you'll still have to reach out to us. I know it's been a little bit of a slow burn with our fans, but we're always here. And we, we love, yeah. We'll we talk are. about that at the end. You guys can't see it, but there's a couch here. We actually just live here. We do. So we camp here. We're always here. Camping. Going out camping. All right. So before we went on air, I told Jeff, I was like, I feel like this episode for us is just going to be just as much of a free-for-all as the actual episode was. The episode is wild. So wild. Yeah. Um, if you can summarize any kind of overall thought on this, yeah. what, what would that look like? <clears throat> Excuse me. I wasn't sure how I felt about it during the finale. Honestly, if I'm being very candid, which is part of our jobs as, you know, critics and hosts, in some ways I felt, like, a little disappointed. I felt like there were certain promises that we were made that weren't necessarily fulfilled. But then when I got to the end, I was like, I guess that's kind of the point. And I was, I will say the episode ended and I was kind of like, damn, I would watch a season two of this if it happened. So they definitely did their job by the end. There was just some moments that I felt like I was all of a sudden watching a different TV show, which, as someone who's invested four hours in the rest of this season, I <laughs> was a little bothered by that. I almost felt like I was, I don't know, cheated out of sort of what the show promised me it was. Yeah, I think that's valid, because there were definitely times throughout the finale where I was just like, 
this like everything about it feels different. It kind of felt like a classic second show, and in some ways, that's a compliment. Like you see this the soft the second show, the follow up's always the hardest show. And sometimes what you'll do is you'll see creators lean into I don't want to say their worst instincts, but sometimes if you get like the untamed version of like a show creator's voice, it can be a little problematic. And I think maybe sometimes it was a little too much Lena and Jenny and not enough network notes. I don't know, <laughs> which isn't bad. That's super common for second shows. And it's yeah. what it's doing is it's giving these creators a chance to really flex their muscles and put out the show they wanted. I just don't know if it was always the show that I wanted based on this finale. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's I think that's a good way of putting it because you can definitely you always saw Lena and Jenny in every single scene and everything. Yeah. And with a show that is they're working with a small amount of time for a big cast, mm-hmm. big characters. And yeah, I think there could have been some better moments for them to kind of tell some of these stories where some felt rushed, some mm-hmm. felt like they went on a little too much longer because you wanted to see a little bit more of something else. And I think this finale kind of, that's what this finale was for me. I did love the Harry stuff, and I'm excited to talk about that. Yes. Bridget kind of ended up being the hero of this show. Let's just jump in yeah. to Harry. That's a great in. sentence. <laughs> Uh, I know we've both been big Bridget Everett fans. So from episode one, every time she was there, we just were so giddy about it. Mm -hmm. Um, What a a great moment for her just telling this heartfelt story to Catherine, who's still a dick at the end. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, this was really... I've never really seen Bridget Everett play dramatic. You know, I've only seen... She's a very broad comic. If you guys don't know, um, she was a stand-up for a while. Actually opened for Amy Schumer, so she's got a great pedigree. And she's also known for, like, kind of musical theory type of cabaret work. Um, So this type of really grounded sort of um, dramatic monologuing is sort of something I haven't seen from her. And she really sold me. I thought this was my favorite moment, maybe from the show. Same, yeah, because whenever whenever she plays a straight man, she's still it's still funny. It's still there's something about mm-hmm. the way that she's delivering lines, her body stance, her you know mm-hmm. everything that still is funny as the straight man. Yeah. Whereas this, I was just like, I was so drawn in and captivated by this by this monologue of hers. Yeah, it was a very. It reminded me a lot. Well, you watch Girls, the episode yeah. where Lena, uh, where Hannah, who Lena Dunham plays on the show, um, goes and gives sort of her testimony at the moth she goes to the moth podcast and it's the season where her and jess are feuding all season and jess is dating adam i'll be quick for those of you guys who haven't watched girls but we get this like five minute unbroken monologue with this really slow camera push and yeah i think like say what you will about lena dunham but she knows how to write a monologue which is hard for tv yeah it's true she is like and that's where it, it comes down to she's just a good writer yes like, she's just such a solid writer. It doesn't have to be, like, quick, witty dialogue. Or, you know, she can just put pen to paper and make it really beautiful. That's a good way to say it. That's a good way to say it. Um, but, yeah, I think Bridget Everett, we were talking to Ione Sky last week about how Carlene was kind of the heart of the show as, as a character. And I think in a lot of ways, uh, Harry ended up also. Yeah, sorry, Ione. I take it back. <laughs> You're not the heart. No, actually, I left the show thinking both of them were, like, yeah. because she had a nice moment, too. Carlene got a really interesting final moment. Um, but, yeah, it is. it does kind of feel like the only emotionally stable character is probably Harry. <laughs> so true. And, and does she have a new lover? I I think she does. I think she does. And that's the thing. She's kind of, like, she's had moments with 
most of them. And actually, yeah. that's something that I would have liked to see if this was a longer season. I wanted to see more moments with her and other cast members or other characters too. Yeah, just because see. they were always so special between you know her and, her and Walt, Walt, yeah, her and Catherine, mm-hmm. her and Orvis, yeah. Which oh my gosh, in this, I love the shit out of you. I know. <laughs> it's like really sweet. It's my favorite. <laughs> Only Bridget Everett could sell that line as well as oh, she did. Totally. I you wanted to cry. Yeah, it's really sweet. <laughs> but yeah, I would have liked to see her like have a moment with George or with Nina Joy or especially with um with the young daughter with, who uh, has found Saul. her first her Saul. first lady love. Yeah, it's, yeah, it would have been really interesting to see that like coming out of the closet share. It's you know, it's nice to see those queer mentors yeah. with their young I haven't phrased this right. Mentors. <laughs> <laughs> going off the rails with their queer mentees yes but you know what I mean it's like you need I think when you're that age and you sometimes nice to see someone probably who's living the life you know you could be living so yeah. I would have been interesting to see Harry and Saul and yeah I would have you mentioned Harry and George which I would think would be really interesting because maybe she was the only one that could have talked some sense into his woke rage that is true. Like, she has such a, like, centered, calming presence and yeah. is always like, I'm in control of this moment. Yeah. That I feel like he maybe needs to do a retreat with Harry. Yeah, I think so. She's, like, kind of like the weird Jesus of the show. <laughs> Harry, the weird Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, Bridget Everett played the weird Je- Jesus beautifully. I tweeted Bridget Everett today, and she hasn't been back on Twitter, so hopefully she just hasn't seen it and will respond with open arms to an interview opportunity. But if she bites, I think we could bring her back for a special and bring her back here to talk. So, that would be Bridget, great. if you're watching this, we love you very much, and you we gave do. us a truly outstanding performance on this show. We want you to talk about your entry into dramatic television. Yes. Yes, please. Come yes. play with us. Come play with us. Yay. All right, so let's let's get into some of the the couples of the show now, um, just because left and right either drop in or <laughs> did anyone survive? Uh, I I, uh, I think Catherine and Walt for you, now, yeah, for now, for now did, yeah. Um, which so let's let's just start with them because obviously, <laughs> like you know, kind of the lead character within Catherine McSorley, Jodell and Walt. What a what a night they had. Oh boy. <laughs> there was so much entanglement that do we just kind of talk about it by I don't want to derail yeah, your plan no. for our discussion, but you even mentioned it's kind of a free for all. Yeah, right? there's so really no plan because I don't think there is a plan for this episode. Yeah. Either. <laughs> Definitely wasn't a plan for the characters. No. Um so I like I've never seen anyone orgasm like Walt orgasms. We can start with that. Wow, yeah, <laughs> great place to start because yikes. Yikes. <laughs> Um, Jandice got her, her, you know, she got it on. Um, <laughs> and did the, I, if I were to guess Jandice is, I knew she was going to sleep with someone else. I did not expect it to be Walt. Same. Which this is an example where I almost feel a little like misled by the show. And there's an argument to be made of like a great mystery, you know, it's like you, they lead you off the trail and they end up somewhere else. But I was, there were so many seeds planted for Walter and Shoot, Carlene's husband. Uh, Joe. Joe, yeah. Walt's, thanks. Walter, sorry, for Janice and Joe. Yeah. That it almost felt like we were cheated that that wasn't even explored. Yeah. I get, like, the element of surprise at the end, but, yeah, it was just kind of, like, almost too much surprise where you're just like, why? What? Why? Yeah. Who? No. And for a show that's interested in exploring, like, the emotional heft of people's emotional consequences, I kind of wish this was handled a little more seriously. Like, mm-hmm. it was played as such a joke, even with Jandis. I don't know. I just, like, I I had trouble with the way this played out, personally. 
I almost felt like this should have been, like, pieces of this should have been the second to last episode. Yeah. And then other pieces of it taken into a final episode that gave us a little bit, just, and not even, not even necessarily more closure, but just some some more answers on some things and kind of what direction. Some more logic. Yeah. A little bit like, I get a little frustrated when writers just write off experiences because of drugs where it's like, oh, this character wouldn't do that. No, 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 drugs. Like, and I was reading an interview that Jenny did in The Hollywood Reporter that we'll talk about a little later, but she kind of kept leaning on that and being like, you know, this might be out of character for them, but they were all on drugs. But it's a little frustrating that, like, our last opportunity with them shows them in a state that isn't their actual state as people. Like, because we're left with versions of these characters that aren't even themselves. And I don't feel like we were given much time to see who they really are at the end of the show. That's such a good point, because I think that was kind of where, like, what I was trying to get at with, like, having pieces of this from a second Mm -hmm. to last episode. Yes. Because, yeah, it was like, I was just like, this is such a funny, weird episode. Mm -hmm. But, like, it's not, I don't want it to be the last episode. Right, it just would have been much more interesting from a character perspective to see them really, like, rack with the consequences of what happened in real time, like, as people, rather than just allow them to throw any inhibitions to the wind because they're on drugs and to not allow us to see the consequences of those decisions. Yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, I'm always a fan of kind of something open-ended where the audience gets to say, like, yeah, I think this is what happened. Mm -hmm. And they essentially did that with all the couples. But, yeah, they were still in such a weird place. Right. Because even George and Nina Joy's... We're just jumping around, which is fine, but their closure can just be thrown to the excuse of like oh like they were on drugs and exactly. I, I just wish we would have gotten to see them kind of yeah I'm being redundant but just really wrestle with the consequences of their choices in a sober state yeah yeah because I mean for each each one of these couples you know you see them okay Nina Joy and George done mm-hmm. Carlene and Joe they're probably going to stick it out. He's probably going to F it all up again. Right. But she's probably going to stay with him. Right. <laughs> and Walt and Catherine are giving it a try. They, I liked the way that was handled. Like, it was left open-ended, but in a way where at least we got to see them cope. Even if it's yeah. just that 10-second scene we got, that that was enough. Even though yeah. it was deliberately open-ended, I felt satisfied as a viewer of television by the way they closed that arc. Yeah. I feel a little like I was cheated with the other characters a little bit. You know, it's funny because at that moment, like, when the blackout happened after they're holding hands and they're driving, I was, like, so happy with that moment, mm-hmm. but immediately was like, I'm angry with the rest of it. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. That's this is a, a very bit. conflicting moment. It's kind of how I feel about the episode. Yeah. Just, like, I think really beautifully handled with that couple. Kind of complicated in a way that I love with these showrunners, mm-hmm. but a little bit unsatisfied and unexplored with the rest of the characters. Yeah. And yeah. what a what a great moment for Jennifer Garner at the end, yeah. just forcing back those tears, and then also just David Tennant, like he, you just felt like so much tension and so much from him, like even just being silent after he said it, after he blurted it out. It was intense. You could feel Jennifer Garner being like, "Get me that Emmy. <laughs> I need this nomination. This is my return to television." She's like, "I'm doing TV again. Like, Come this on. is how I'm going to feel if I don't get this Emmy nomination. Look at it." <laughs> Where you get that silent tear, that's when it's like Emmy voters. Oh, yeah. Done. <laughs> get Done. that paper out. <laughs> Count it. Yeah. Oh man. And so yeah, I think really the only one that we know for sure, for sure at this point is Jandice and Miguel. Yeah, and poor Miguel kind of got just kind of tossed to the side in general. And for me, he's the prime example of what's frustrating about this finale for me is his last moment is like kind of regrettably being coerced into a blowjob. <laughs> 
that's where we end that's a rough story to end on it just wasn't funny enough to be funny and wasn't logical enough to be dramatic it was just kind of like this yeah i don't know it was weird and also the fact that like it jumped from that scene directly to jandis just like walking out and finding walt and i was Mm -hmm. like wait what and then later all we see is miguel just curled up in fetal position so yeah it, yeah, it was rough. And to yeah. me, like, it was depressing without being thematically interesting, personally. Like, girls could get really dark and depressing, but I always felt like I understood, like, sort of why. Mm. And I was like, why have Miguel give Joe a blowjob? Yeah. I yeah. don't know. And I think it's, again, like, kind of to Jenny Connor's point that we brought up earlier of her, that, oh, well, they were on drugs. I know. They, yeah. And she kind of kept writing it off that way. And I guess the yeah. idea is they will deal with it, but... I would have liked to have seen some of that fallout. Yeah. Yeah. To see some of that fallout. I would have, I think I mentioned on predictions last week, I almost would have liked to see his ex come back. Mm-hmm. Some, I almost yeah. would have rathered see the ex come back than Braylon come yeah. back for Nina Joy. Agreed. Even though I did think that some of the writing for him was hilarious. For um, sure. What a Lena Dunham line. Welsh pentameter. Welsh pentameter. <laughs> it was really good. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like we're being hard on this episode. And there's stuff I loved about it. Yeah, let's talk about what we liked. Yeah, I mean, again, the Walt and um, Catherine stuff, I think, was really interestingly handled mm-hmm. and challenging in a way that I love. Whereas maybe some of the other stuff was challenging in a way that I didn't vibe with. But yeah, um, yeah we mentioned the Harry stuff, the Walt and Catherine stuff. I really liked the moment where kind of how Catherine and Carlene ended their little arc. Agreed. I thought that was a great kind of satisfactory conclusion to their story. Yeah, just kind of seeing that they're going to be able to kind of be their own person for yeah. a while. Separate. And with that hope that, yeah, like maybe they can actually be like sisters to each other mm-hmm. again and just kind of take their time apart right now. Anytime a show can create such an implicative moment with so little. So just something as simple as, I don't know if I need to take this scheduled phone call for that to mean so much in terms of their journeys as characters shows that Lena and Jenny have been doing a lot of work that we haven't necessarily been seeing and to have that really small moment pay off in spades the way that it did that's what I would have liked to have seen more of with the other characters I think yeah yeah because so many of those little nuggets that we talked about throughout the season having such a big payoff now by them literally just saying that yeah it's a great yeah for sure. It was, no. That was a really great payoff, and it's an example of, like, sharp writing that means a lot. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, even earlier in the episode, just Carlene still dealing with so much of, like, her control issues, like, with Catherine's control issues mm-hmm. over her, and the line that um, she always said a real woman would have stopped wearing Laura Ashley a long time ago <laughs> absolutely killed me. I thought that was one of my favorite lines from yeah. the episode. <laughs> yeah. Because, again, they just, every... It was so often that they either had lines that just kind of went flat because there was you were wanting something more or they kind of like they skirted earned. around something. But then other times it's lines like that that you just learn so much about a character and there's yeah. so much detail and it's so rich in the dialogue for them. Yeah, I think like the lines that are landing for me are the ones that feel super earned. I mean, like Jenny and Lena are always amazing writers, but they... If there's not that character work kind of buttressing that writing, it won't always pay off. But for me, like anything Catherine says would always hit because it always felt super earned. Or like Jandis mm. too. Yeah. Whereas like maybe with Miguel, it's like, I don't know if I know this guy well enough to like 
buy into this line or this moment. Yeah. Kind of. And it's kind of a bummer because I loved his performance. Yeah. I thought he was just so cute and fun and sure. funny. And he really did just, he had his moments. But I think he was probably, for me, the most underused as far as a character goes. Yeah, I think very heavy in the first half. And we didn't get yeah. a ton in the second half. Yeah, he just kind of okay. cried sometimes in the second half. And that was, that was about it. Yeah. Maybe that was the actor. <laughs> they just filmed him. Here's your here are your sides for this week. No. Um, you know what I did love in this episode. Speaking of things we loved, was um, the fight. Oh. I normally don't love a cat fight, and I don't always love when TV just kind of stereotypically pits women against each other. But yeah. watching Juliette Lewis and Jay Garns throw down, like, and I I agree. And this was earned. Yeah. This speaking this of earned, was this sure was earned. earned. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and like I said in the opening, Wrath of Kath, <laughs> when Juliette Lewis gets up and is just so excited that she got to see the Wrath of Kath, yeah. I was like, Wrath yes. of Kath? <laughs> Gosh, she was great this season. Oh, God. Both and of them. Speaking of Emmy. I know. I mean, my goodness. And I do think she's the kind of, this is the kind of performance that could sneak like one of those supporting Emmy noms. You know, yeah. I think of a show like Getting On where Niecy Nash would always get nominated for supporting, mm. even though... I, I love that show and I love everything on HBO but even though not tons of people watch that show it's such a rich performance that like if you send a reel to Emmy voters even if they haven't seen Camping you watched two minutes of Juliette Lewis on that show and you're convinced I think that it's one of the strongest yeah. comic performances of the year that's a good point That's I mean she really held the whole season comedically yeah she did just for the beginning to end mm-hmm. and I'm glad that towards the end it's you know it's funny we're talking about Miguel Heavy in the beginning towards the end we got to see more of the Catherine Janda stuff that I think we were all hoping for for mm-hmm. so long in the early half. And so, yeah, I think the explosion and the, and the fight was definitely earned between the two of them. Their journey was pretty interesting, actually. Yeah. I think, like, the way Catherine McSorley Jodell kept skirting her desire to be friends with Jandice, I think was a very interesting meditation on how people in their 30s and 40s sometimes act. Of, like, mm-hmm. I think in your 20s, like, you can be friends with anyone, but, like, as you start to, like, set the rules for what your life is supposed to be as a middle-aged person, it's easy to, like, draw arbitrary barriers for certain people because they don't vibe with what you're supposed to be. Yeah. And I felt like that moment where she was like, yeah, I just, like, you're not the kind of person I can be friends with. Yeah. Was really yeah. interesting. Very telling. I mean, that's, it really is, like, that's how she views everything. Mm-hmm. Like, it's even, even if inside she's like, yeah, I, I think I could kind of see this. She's like, no, I just, I can't. I can't. I can't do it. Yeah, I liked that a lot. I Yeah, mm. I liked a lot of this episode. I feel like I came out a little critical at the beginning, but most of this really worked for me. Yeah, I think I enjoyed the episode. I just didn't want it to be the season finale yeah, episode. Yeah, that's perfect. That's a perfect yeah. assessment. Yeah. Yeah. Because it, so, it was so much fun. And again, yeah. they do such a good job with such a limited amount of time mm-hmm. and so many people to not let it get messy. Right. This was a messy episode, but it didn't feel messy in the execution and the writing of it. It's a, a good way. point. It didn't feel deliberately messy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately. Even though there's blood everywhere, Bridget Everett's fallen through a roof. We... Oh, yeah, that happened. <laughs> that happened. <laughs> yeah. George and Nina Joy's breakup, I feel like we have to talk about. Yeah. Um, I, I think this is something that was interesting because first half of the season, I think everyone was like, they're the couple. Mm-hmm. They're the guys who have it figured out. And then it slowly started to unravel. And then we're like, oh, wow, they should not be together. Yeah. I guess that Welsh contaminator <laughs> is winning out. Braylon, what a little dummy. What a little dummy. <laughs> Man. 
And I mean, again, like not getting to see that kind of after after. I mean, she just drove off on the scooter with him. So, mm-hmm. you know, we really didn't get to see, you know, kind of that, like we said, the, the fallout right. after that. Yeah. Um, but the the two of them, just watching the two of them together, they must have so much fun doing those scenes together. Yeah. Because y'all know Brett and Jan, Janzica, Jan, Jasnica, sorry, Jasnica, yeah. are married in real life. Yeah. She's directing a movie right now in Florida. Very cool. Yeah. So that must have been a lot of fun, just especially for Brett, Brett Gelman. My God, just, just going on. <laughs> maybe some unspoken marital baggage. Yeah. It's, a good, it's a good therapy session. Yeah, maybe. good therapy. That's, good we'll therapy. leave it at that. Yeah. <laughs> And then, um, you know, I'm glad we got to see a little little Orvis in this little episode. Orvis little Orvis Little tiny bit, little tiny bit, but it was worth it just to see Harry just fall in love with Orvis. Sweet. <laughs> yeah, I, I couldn't help but think, man, is Orvis in the back seat of this car? <laughs> Same. I was like, ooh, this poor kid. I kept, like, w- like being like, is he sitting back there right now? <laughs> I think I watched it back, and I feel like maybe in, like, the blurred edges of the lens they were using, I saw he had headphones on. I feel like that's probably what I just, I didn't notice yeah. him back there, but that's what I was thinking. I was like, I hope that kid has some headphones on. Oof. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, man. And then, so the final couple, the one that is going to last... Saul and her little girlfriend. <laughs> Saul and her little bae. <laughs> yeah. I, I thought that was sweet. Uh, yeah. I thought it was a nice, sweet way for them to end. God, they're just both so good at, like, little teenagers in love who are full of angst and, like, hope. <laughs> That's what's so tragic is you're like, oh, boy, is this, like, show's worldview? It's fine when you're young, but look where you're headed. Yeah. <laughs> Dark stuff. I think that moment of them watching everyone in the barn for a moment really said that. Of they're just like, oh wow, this is this is this what we is have to look adulthood. forward to. Yeah, <laughs> let's enjoy our quiet time in the tent now. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, any any other overall thoughts, just kind of about the season itself before we get into some some special segments? And... It was a really interesting show. I think yeah. like my takeaway is. Like any Lena and Jenny show, the writing was always very, very good. I think, like, if I had to put on my critic hat, I would have loved to have seen a bit more, maybe, assuredness with the way the characters developed on this show. Mm. I'm not sure everything quite added up in the way that I wanted to. And maybe that's personal. Like, again, maybe that was the intention of the show creators. But I think this is common with second shows for showrunners and creators and... Um, it's good to let people com- have their unfettered vision of what they want things to be because I feel very strongly that for both of them, their next project might correct some of the gripes that we have, but still maintain right. the brilliant writing that really s- sustained me through enjoying this show overall. Yeah. Well said. Well said. I think so much of the dialogue, and I mean, so many of the things that when, when we were most excited on this panel talking about it were those specific lines, mm-hmm. the character-driven lines, the things that, like, Lena's really known for in a lot of her writing, and which Ioni Sky even, you know, th- confirmed in saying how, you know, how in-depth she goes with her characters and how she knows everything about their backstories yeah. and everything about where they come from. And I think that's why, I've, I think I've said it since episode one, I wanted either a longer episode, a longer format, or maybe just ten episodes, maybe just ten 30-minute shows instead. Yeah. Because I think it, it it's not something that needs to go much further than that, but I think two more episodes and stretching out a little bit more of this and being able to play with some of the characters a little bit more would have gone a long way for me. I think too, maybe just like having a couple more definable goals for these characters, Mm -hmm. like just to give us an idea of where we should be looking for them. I mean, arcs definitely formed and I got a sense of who these characters were and what they wanted as the show developed, but excuse me, 
even some like tangible goals like someone's trying to publish a book or like yeah. I don't know just some of that stuff might have compelled me a little more um, but I f- yeah this is just you know it's always at the end of the season you think about this stuff and overall great performances fun show and I liked hanging out with these people agreed yeah 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 that's a good way to put it yeah very good way to put it well speaking of hanging out i think you have a you have a camping story for us i do have a camping story (laughs) so i teased you guys all season i've got some camping experience and i've been saving my story for last yes best so when i was a wee young lad i went to a camp in pennsylvania um at a place called ligonier camping conference center um and it's a beautiful kind of if you've ever been to pennsylvania or like anywhere sort of well, I mean, any state has this, but you know, you have populated cities, but you have some remote areas. Mm. And Ligonier is like this really old, like there's a fort there from the Revolutionary War, kind of historic town. Nice. Uh, but it's mostly just like fields. Like it's like this kind of abandoned, very barren town. And this beautiful camp is really tucked away. But there is a mental institution, like an insane asylum, if I'm allowed to say that, if it's politically correct, that's about half a mile from the campsite. So when I am like nine years old, as like a wee little camper, we have one night, we normally sleep in cabins, but we have one night where we go into the mountains and like camp, like literally tents, all that stuff. And as we're around the fire, we hear the alarm for the insane asylum go off, which means someone has escaped. So it's like, and it's a really scary echoes. A lot of these small towns have tornado alarms or this kind of stuff. And it's like, (laughs) and when you're a kid, it's scary. And our counselor, he's like, everything's fine, guys. Everything's fine. So we all go in our tents, and we hear, like, Joe, that's the insane asylum. Someone's out. And he's like, don't tell the kids. And, like, we hear it all. And so all of us are just freaking out. And, like, of course, the one boisterous camper is, like, I think our our counselor's name was Evan. He's like, Mr. Evan, like, what's going on? And Evan's like, nothing. Everything's fine. Um, But at that point, there wasn't enough communication to know whether I would be safer for us to go back to our cabins or stay in the mountains. And we did hear rustling all night, but it was probably animals. But it could have been a crazy killer. Probably. I know. So that's my camping story. The time I thought I might die. That's great. Our producer, Juliet, she's on it. Yes. (laughs) Pretty intense. That is. I don't know what I would have thought as, like, a little child. Because you're so young, you're all, like, away from your parents. You're like, well... I hope they didn't love me too much because I might not be coming back. Because <laughs> I'm a goner. Because I'm a goner. <laughs> so that's oh my camping boy. story. Yeah. Well, I'm glad we saved that one. It was fine. That's a good one. That's <laughs> it's okay. That's okay. Consistent with the segment, the story's fine. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I think we have a, a little news and gossip, too, we yeah? We do have some news and gossip. After Buzz TV News. Um, let's start... With Lena, there was a very interesting profile written in the cut that she was very candid about, actually last week, so about the day before we went live. And I will say for fans of Lena, it's a really, really good article. It goes very specifically in depth about some of her neuroses and how she allows those to inform her art. And um, a lot of people criticize Lena Dunham. How do you feel about, I know we both love her as an artist, People are always very apt to describe her as, like, a public persona. What's your opinion on, like, the way she occupies society? Yeah, like you said, as a writer, hands down, amazing. But, yeah, yeah, on that side of it, it's I feel like she's well-intentioned a Mm -hmm. lot of times, but she takes a lot of missteps for me. 
Definitely. Well, that's what the article like kind of dove into is like some of the guilt she's felt over some of the things that she said and how mm-hmm. those owed to some of her neuroses. And she was pretty candid about the fact that her very public battle with endometriosis was much. I think more intense than maybe the media gave it credit for and really did she became pretty addicted to prescription medications and coming off those medications kind of struggling with PTSD from how intense the pain was through mm. so it's cool it was cool to see her be so open and very brave I mean people always describe Lena Dunham as brave yeah. but um, I think it allowed me to have a deeper sense of where a lot of her artistic inspirations come from. Yeah, I consider that to be more brave than just, like, being naked on girls for no reason. For sure. <laughs> so, yeah. well done to her. And yeah. I know, actually, uh, an article I was reading in The Hollywood Reporter kind of touched on some of the stuff that we're, we were mentioning, too, with Lena and Jenny, if they will want to work on another season, mm-hmm. which all signs point to no. Yeah, well, <laughs> Lena opened up about Jenny in this article in a way that I... It was for someone who's such an open book. I think it was the one thing that she was very notably private about Mm -hmm. uh, when she was asked about Jenny. The way the article presented it was like, I don't want to speak for Jenny, but I think for now we are pursuing our own projects. Yeah. And what was interesting about that moment of the article was it stood in such stark contrast. I mean, she opened up about Jack and Lord. Her ex-boyfriend, Jack Antonoff, has been dating Lord, and she was even very candid about that. We're saying she's like, Lord used to be a friend, but unfortunately I can't talk to her now. So she's unwilling to talk to Lord because she's like, I don't think Jack cheated, but I just can't know. Yeah. So for her to be so open with all that personal stuff, but really not speak very on the record about her and Jenny's relationship, did play in a way that can't help but make me and other fans wonder what happened. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I think we'll probably find out in, like, five years. Yeah, and frankly, there's maybe an <laughs> argument to me that it's not our business, but yeah. it's a bummer because, like, they they kind of, for me, were, like, this aspirational dream team yeah. of, a like, you know, this, like, powerful Hollywood-producing partnership. Yeah. Um, so to see that kind of quietly collapse without much explanation as to how or why... It can be a little disappointing, I guess. Yeah, for sure. As a viewer and as a fan to, to know. And, and yeah, just seeing, especially, like, as a female in comedy and right. production, like, to see this, like, great duo, great team um, kind of fizzle out and we don't know why. Um, you know, like, you want to hope that, yeah, it's because they do want to work on separate projects. They want to work on separate, you know, voices, different opinions right now. But... Well, the real bummer with it is that Lenny Letter, which was their, like, feminist publication that I think had a lot of really interesting and sharp things to say about the female experience in Hollywood, has also dissolved. So it's like it's one thing if they want to pursue their own products independently, but if they were so passionate about, you know, really authentically and earnestly engaging with these issues, it's a bummer to see that platform just go away. Yeah, that's why, unfortunately, you do just kind of know something something went down there. It seems like it. I don't know. Let us know in the comments what you think. But I I think they're both insanely talented. And, like, I do... I want to see them make more stuff because I want to watch it. So (laughs) So whatever it takes, whether you're together or separate, just do it. Yeah. Just make stuff. But connected to that Hollywood Reporter article you were talking about, it does not sound like we're going to see a season two of this show. Yeah. Yeah. I don't believe so. I I know both of them were saying very much, like... That's kind of the card they were playing a lot of mm-hmm. times is, oh, you know, we both have our independent voices that we want to branch out and, you know, be able to speak. Right. And so it's, you know, it's a very politically correct way, I think, of going about it. Seems but, like it. hey, if that's the case, then sure. Like we said, as long as you're still creating something, because we just want to keep seeing things from both of them. Amen. So. Well, on a lighter note... <laughs> um, Catherine McSorley Jodell herself has been on Instagram. Jennifer Garner um, posted about <laughs> mostly a delicious bolognese sauce she made, which I just have to laugh for a minute 
because one of the huge running through lines of the joke was how like overproduced Catherine McSorley Joe Dell's Instagram is. <laughs> this is like a pretty pretty well lit Instagram collage. Um, for those of our video viewers who can see, it's kind of an adorably presented recipe for bolognese sauce. Oh yeah, Catherine totally had a hand in this. <laughs> <laughs> totally had a hand in this. But I love it. I love Jennifer Garner, and the best part about this post is the final frame. Which features the whole entire cast of camping enjoying the bolognese sauce that Jennifer Garner made. Yeah. Look um, at those happy So we faces. see everyone, including Saul, which I love that. It's really, really yeah. cool. I love Jennifer Garner, and I love that she... You know, it would be easy to not invite the youngin who's a guest yeah. star on the show, but Bridget and Saul... Their characters are both there. And I can see why probably Orvis wasn't invited to this party. But. I, I can too, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I really love all these actors. And yeah, my general impression of this show is really positive. So I just want to see them all continue to kick ass. Same, same. And I mean, to, when we were talking to Ioni last week and she was saying, you know, what am I working on next? Hopefully more of this. Just yeah. good projects, good writing, interesting characters, yeah. you know. So I I just want to see that for all of these guys because, my God, was that a... a Amazing cast to watch. Stacked. Yeah. Stacked cast, for sure. Well, we've come to an end, Jeffrey. I know. And I know we don't have predictions, but in lieu, I'd want to know, do you want a second season of this show? You know, with the way that it ended, I kind of would. Um, maybe a shortened run of it, mm-hmm. um, or even just like like a short feature mm-hmm, um, yeah to kind of wrap some stuff up and see a little bit more from them because I think no matter the issues that I may have had with certain story arcs or lack thereof sometimes the characters were all so interesting mm-hmm. and endearing yeah and I was watching most of this episode feeling kind of like I don't know if I need more of this and then I was very impressed by the way they closed Walton Cat's cat not once have we called her cat Catherine and Walt's relationship. A nickname status now. Yeah, we, we, we finally got there. Um, I really thought it was a um, satisfyingly cliffhanger way. Like, you know, it's just... I love the idea that we closed the book on them there, but I did think, what an interesting story to tell. Because, like, that's... Finally, the door was opened. All season, it's been this question of, how does a female with no libido deal with her husband because that's an authentic that's a legitimate question you know yeah. I pitied Catherine there yeah very sympathetic but you know it's almost like she knew in some ways that this was coming and you know I just now I want to see more of them I think that's such a testament to the show and the writing of these characters that like again no matter what issues we may or may not have had with it throughout the season here we are at the finale and we want to see more from these characters yeah so by characters. Bye, guys. It's a good trip. <laughs> it was literally a good trip good that trip. ended on a trip. Yeah, so too. many trips. So, so many trips. Yeah. Inception. <laughs> <laughs> well, Jeffrey. Amy. It was such a pleasure hosting this with so you. so much fun. We'll do another show soon. Yes, we definitely We were will. talking. There's a um, new Comedy Central show coming out written by Sarah yeah. Schneider and Chris Kelly that looks pretty fun that I think seems up our alley. So you I might see so. us back together soon. Just might. In the yes. meantime, where can we find you on social you media? You guys can find me on Twitter at Jeffrey C. Graham. I host a weekly pilot review show here on Wednesdays and that's it for now but I've got other stuff so you can follow me on Twitter to find out what that is yeah and you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Amy Maestri and if you're a Romanoffs fan stick around I'll be doing the Romanoffs after show following this and like Jeff mentioned I also do the SNL show uh, Sundays at 8 o'clock so tune in if you like SNL and Amy also does great comedy stuff she's done written some sketches been in some sketches really good stuff so check out that too it's not just after buzz you're welcome it's great stuff yeah bye guys bye guys
Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and me, Maria Menunos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. <laughs> the views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.